Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. I want to, I want to sort of chat with you about friendship, if that's all right. Uh, I feel preaching... I feel like shouting is my sweet spot. <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'm not going to do that this morning. I just want to chat with you about friendship. I, uh, I got given a gift for my birthday last year. Uh, it was a kayak. And uh, by the way, how good was last Sunday's message by Pastor Lisby? Yeah. She's in England right now. She sends her love. Um, she's been at a women's conference in Sheffield, um, so anyway, I got given by my family a kayak for my birthday, and uh, we live near a lake that's about uh, two and a half to three kilometers long. And so over the summer last year, and into the autumn until it got too cold and too windy, I started to uh, take my kayak out on the lake, and I would go back, uh, back to, the, to the end and then back again. It would take me about an hour uh, to do that. <clears throat> I think it was about five kilometers, no judgment. I'm sure all of you guys would do it in a lot less time. It took me, in it, But it was, it was a workout, and that's how I treated it. Me, on my own, in my kayak, that was a workout. And it's an inflatable, so uh, it doesn't have a keel, so the thing just moves like this, not just like this. So that's a double workout, stopping it from doing this, but still moving forward. Now, on that same lake... Uh, about three years ago, we took our team out on some donut boats. Now, there's a restaurant on a beach on the lake uh, that rents out these circular boats. About eight people can sit in the boat, and in the middle is a barbecue. Now we're talking. Uh, and, and so we had guys in one and girls in another, and it was a pretty rough day. Not the sort of day you want to be eating a barbecue out on the lake. But we did anyway, and so we went and found a quiet little spot somewhere to moor up and have our barbecue and then have some fun together, which we, we did um, partly by throwing food at each other. Go figure. And then, uh, and then the girls broke down. Their boat stopped working. So, of course, that's a great moment for the guys because we're like, what's going on with the girls? Come on, let's go rescue them. Yeah. So we're off rescuing the girls, jumping onto their boat, getting it started again, feeling like the heroes, and we just had a great afternoon. My question to you is this. Are you paddling your own canoe, or have you got some friends on your ship? And the title of my message is, we're in the friendship series, have you got friends on your ship? Have you got friends on your ship? Because... If you don't, then life will be like that workout I just described. You're sort of getting somewhere. You're making it work, but it's hard. It's lonely, and it isn't a lot of fun. But when you've got friends on your ship, life is a little easier, more productive. When you break down, you've got someone to rescue you. It's just the way we're meant to live. So die with me into Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to go through a number of Proverbs. Uh, it's uh, amazing that... The Bible has so much to say about friendship. Um, it, we could forgive the Bible for just talking about our relationship with God. That would seem quite reasonable that all it did was talk about our relationship with God. 
but it doesn't. God seems to think that other types of relationships are really important. So he speaks into it. He speaks into marriage and family, speaks into friendship. And here's just one of those verses. He says this, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I find it fascinating that God doesn't just say friendship is important. He elevates friendship to the same level and importance as family. That is to say that you can have a friend who is as important to you as your brother or your sister or your mother or your father. A friend can be, for some of you, a replacement of family if family has abandoned you. Friends, to some people, are their family. And to all of us, friends can be our extended family. Jesus illustrates it perfectly by a moment when one day his family turn up and he's with his disciples in a house and he's teaching them and he's having time with them and the family turn up and someone says, hey, Jesus, your mother's here and your brother's and you'd expect Jesus to go, oh, fantastic, <coughs> mom's in the house, invite her in, make her a cup of tea, give her some cake. Uh, but he doesn't say that, he says, who's my mom? <laughs> Who are my brothers? Surely these people in front of me here are my mother and my brothers. They're my family. Now, you've got to understand something about Jesus' teaching. He frequently uses what we call hyperbole. Hyperbole are the, are the sort of shock factor statements. They're things you say to exaggerate. Uh, it's a preacher's dream. We love hyperbole. We, we exaggerate things to wake people up. He did it all the time. He would, he would say things like this to wake us up to the importance of something. He certainly was not saying his family is not important. Who is he thinking about as he's dying on the cross? He's looking at his mom. His heart's bleeding for her. He's, he's fixing up how she's going to be looked after. He says to his friend, John, John, I want you to take my mom home with you and, and be a son to her, look after her, provide for her. He's on the cross, suffering agony, and yet he's still thinking about his mom. There's no doubt he loved his family. What is he trying to do? He's trying to use a hyperbole to say, guys, wake up. You need friends like you've got family. You need friends in your world that are significant, that you can say, he's my brother, and I mean it, he's my companion. And so my question to us is this. You may be doing family well, but are you doing friendship well? Do you have any friends in your ship? And so I want to give you a few reasons why friendships are really important, because so far all I've done is tell you it's important. So let me give you a few reasons why, and then I want to talk to you about how you choose a friend. Uh, was, that was in my original notes, but as I was waking up this morning, I realized that's a fairly self-centered way to look at it. So why don't we just rephrase that and say, um, how can you be a good friend that someone could choose? Uh, same principles apply, so we'll finish off with that, and then I'll, I'll pray for you. So the first thought about why we need friends is this. you find it in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9. It says this, two are better than one because they have a good, re re good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no help, uh, no one to help them up. Two are better than one. I want everybody to hold up two fingers. Now hold up one finger. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. One plus zero equals... You're so naughty. <laughs> That's a very sad thought, isn't it? One plus zero is one. What he's telling us is one 
plus 1 is, do you know the mathematical sign greater than? It's greater than 2. It is 2 or better than 1. It's, it's, it's an exponential factor when you add somebody else into it. I want to show a short video clip. It's a bit of fun, but it shows you that there are some things you just cannot do on your own, some things you'll never achieve on your own, and uh, life is better together than on our own. So have a look at this. Or not. You don't have to be lonely. That's good news. Um, you are better together. That's just some things you're not going to achieve on your own. Let me tell you about some of the things that have worked for me in having good friends. I, uh, when I was newly married, uh, by the way, my wife is my best friend. But if she's your only friend, my, my only friend, I'm, but if you're married and your spouse is your only friend, you will have a very isolated marriage. You need friends outside of your marriage too. And so I had a, I had a good friend and we would get together. I, I, I seem to think it was probably even every week, one morning a week, and we would uh, just share our hearts together and pray for one another and then get on with our day. And that set a context for me early in my married years of having uh, a sense of accountability, having uh, a guy to talk to, some things that uh, you need same gender some, sometimes. You know, when... Lisby shares things with me, and, and, she, and you, you don't get it. You go, nah, I think you need to go and talk to a girl. It's just how it works sometimes. If you're really going to share heart to heart, you, you need a friend like that. And, and we, it was a place of accountability. It was a place of support. And it was a place of fueling future. Because we were young and excited about our, our walk in life and about all that God could do. And so we could fuel it for each other. That was one friendship. I had another friend uh, uh, in early in my 20s. I, I'm referring back a long way now. I'll refer to more current later. But uh, I had a, a good friend. He's, he's still a friend. And uh, Bob, we were walking out of uh, college one day, out of university, and, and walking home. And I was chatting away. That's what I can do. That's what I'm... It's my job to do that. Talk, 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 talk. Talk all the time. And so I'm talking and talking and talking, and he stops me, and he looks at me, and he goes, Steve, we're good friends, right? Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, good friends can walk along in silence, too. And uh, he was right. You know a good friend when actually you can just be together, and you don't feel the pressure to have to say anything. You feel comfortable in their presence. They are causing your life to feel enriched and better off. Now, if you're a productivity guru, 
if I need to sell this to you because this doesn't sound like enough fun, Ecclesiastes says two are better than one because you'll be more productive in your labor. There we go. So if you're into productivity, let me tell you, two are better than one. Now, if you're anything like me, you've been in situations where two have not been better than one. You would have been better doing it on your own. Uh, Two reasons for that. Either that's an excuse because you prefer to work on your own. Or... (laughs) Or it may be that you didn't choose your partner right. (laughs) So it may be that you're paired up with someone who just isn't creating the two better than one. Now, I think I saw some of you looking at each other. I'm not talking about dating relationships here. (laughs) I said productivity. I'm talking about your working relationships. (laughs) But if you pick the team right, two are genuinely and absolutely better than one. First reason. Second reason why we need friends. Friends shape each other. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Who knows? We need sharpening. If you want to be the best version of you, if you want to be all that God has made you to be, you need to recognize that God has placed people in your world, not just himself in your world. He's placed people in your world to help shape you. Now, um, I do some art, and and, uh, sometimes when I'm painting, I use my hands. I take the acrylics in my hands, and I throw them on the canvas, and, and I, I work it with my hands. It, it's, it's never grown up from, from primary school, really, uh, but it has quite an effect, I feel. Uh, there's some people who like to work with clay, and they model things with clay. There's some who like to work with flowers, arranging flowers. Some like to do interior design. Some of you are musicians, and, and you like creating sounds with your hands. And All of us are creative in some way, uh, some people like creating with metal. You are sculpturists, sculpture makers. I love bronze sculptures, beautiful. But you will never make those with your hands. The only way you're going to be able to shape metal is with fire. The only way you're going to be able to cut metal is with sparks. You're not going to be able to do it with your hands. The same is true in relationships. The only way that a friendship is really forged is that there will be occasionally fire in the friendship. There will be occasionally sparks that are happening. That is moments of seeming conflict, moments where you're speaking into each other's life and it may cut, it may hurt a little bit, but we need to hear it. And it's often at this point we lose a friend. You may be here today and, and it may be it's in this part of the process You've lost friends because you got offended. Now, I want to say to you that God has blessed our lives with three types of people to offend us. Family, friends, and our leaders are the people who are most likely to offend you. The people who are closest in your world are the people who are most likely to hurt you. Well, we call it hurt. They call it shaping. It's a matter of perspective. And your perspective will determine what you'll get out of that moment. If you call it, I am hurt, I've known people who have made that statement or are still making that statement a decade after the moment. The problem, therefore, is not with the one who did the hurt. It's with the one who received the hurt. Because to be living in it 10 years later uh, tells a very clear story that you've not allowed yourself to be shaped by a moment God sent your way to shape you. 
Now, God may not have literally put that offense in your world. He's not like that. But he allows relationships in our world to test our hearts. Now, I know that there are sometimes ways in which people could say it that's a little kinder. That's my excuse for not listening anyway. Honey, you should have said that a little nicer. I'm not listening now. I realize that. I realize that. But let's not miss the meat in the sandwich just because the bread is a little stale. You and I need to be shaped. You and I need to hear what it is that others have to, people who are close to us, have to say to us. Our friends have an important role to play in that. Now, um, in the Netherlands, we're quite good at speaking up. (laughs) It's just a gift that we have of sharing our opinion we're not asked for. Um, so we've got something on our side here. We've got a, like, a head start in this shaping process. However, I want to just leave you this thought. Uh, how are we using that gift? Are we using it with, uh, in, a, in, a, in a work meeting context with people we're perhaps a little less close to so we feel free to share our mind? Are we using it to the person in the supermarket who just frustrated us because they cut in front in the queue? Who are we using it to? Uh, Are we wasting our gift in those contexts or are we using it where it really matters? Are we shaping our friends? Husbands, speak up to your wives. Wives, speak up to your husbands. Friends, speak up to friends. You need to be speaking out. Your voice needs to be heard. And we need to receive it as shaping. You've all gone so flipping quiet. <laughs> I, will, I will bring it to a more positive tone. This is, this is a positive, actually, but I'll bring it to a more encouraging tone. The best thing that could happen to some of us is a bad experience. Because <clears throat> when, you, when you hit a bad experience, you have a decision to make. Am I going to stick with this relationship or not? What's going to happen when you get a bad experience in your church? Are you going to stick with the church or not? Because you go deeper when you stick through a bad experience. I'll read you a scripture in a little while. It says that a friend sticks through the bad and the good. A friend is there through all situations. You see, a, a, a friend knows that I'm here for those moments. I'm going to be there for you. For the, but when, when we're on the other end of it, it can be tough to stick around when it feels like it's been a little bit of an insult. Our capacity to forgive is really important. Listen to this. Proverbs 27.5 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. How many of you like people kissing up to you? I love it. I know when I leave this room and we're mingling in the cafe, a few of you are going to tell me how amazing this message is. Some of you mean it, some of you are kissing up. And I don't care which it is. Honestly, forget the motive. I go home encouraged. We all love people kissing up, but I'll tell you what, if that's all someone does, If all you ever get is flattery, then you haven't got a friend. Because a friend has the ability to carefully and kindly 
create a wound, do a surgical operation, withdraw cleanly for the wound to heal nicely. God, it sounds so painful. The next reason we need friends. Two are better than one. Friends shape each other. Friends are, I call this highlighters of purpose for each other. How many of you put, uh, use a highlighter pen when you're reading your Bible or a book? Except for a novel. Uh, you use a highlighter pen. Okay, awesome. That's what I'm talking about. You, you got a friend, you're looking at their life, and you are highlighting certain things about them about their future. So you're saying things, I love it when you do such and such. That's definitely going to set you up for your future. Doing that is your gift, your sweet spot. That's amazing. You're highlighting something about them that's elevating their world. It's counterculture. God is your champion. We know that. God is on your side. He's, he's talking so highly of you. He's He's backing your purpose. That's exactly what a friend does. But we live in a society that seems to do the opposite. And I want us to be people who do the counterculture thing that says, whilst everybody else is pulling me down to their level, I'm going to be elevating them above my level. I'm not afraid to lift somebody else up. I'm not afraid to hail their success. I'm not afraid to clap when they're doing well. I'm not afraid to rejoice and praise when life is going good for them. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to deal with that emotion that comes up in most of us, our initial instinct of jealousy or, or some other insecurity. I, 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 I throw that aside to continue to praise because I know that's what friends do. In New Zealand, there's something called the tall poppy syndrome. When a, when a poppy grows up above all the rest, you cut it off. In Australia... We have something called the crab mentality. When you put crabs in a bucket and one of them is trying to crawl out, the others go, well, if I can't get out, you're not either. I'll pull you back down. In England, we say, do not put your head above the parapet, the, the, the trench, because you'll get shot down. Anybody recognizing this as a familiar trend? What do we talk about in the Netherlands? We talk about a, a polder model. We talk about the fact that everything should be equal. That is, that no one should be popping up above the other. You recognize it because when someone's successful, what do we begin to do? Well, I wonder how they got that successful. Start talking about their money like it's dirty. We start talk to, assuming there must have been deceptive techniques they used to get there. We, we, uh, the media start to uh, shoot at them from every angle. And so you get you know, royal family members having to leave their nation because of the paparazzi. Uh, gossiping and shooting them down. How dare we see a beautiful Hollywood-like couple doing so well? We'll have to sort this out. Let's have a few shots at them. But that's, if we're really honest, isn't just the paparazzi. It's not just the media. It's part of the human condition. You and I can be just as bad. The Bible says gossip will divide the closest of friends. Our ability to build up is critically important when it comes to honoring our friendships. We need each other. We need friendships because they highlight our purpose when everyone else is pulling us down. Who likes that particular point? A friend will highlight your future. Friends are the health and healing for each other. When was the last time you had a good old belly laugh with a friend? 
When was the last time you just laughed so hard it felt like your guts were going to split open? You're going, stop it, stop it, it's hurting. Listen to this. Proverbs 17:22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A cheerful heart is good for you. You can laugh your way to health. We need each other. We need good friends who make us laugh. My sons are great friends to me because they make me laugh. Jake particularly sends me little Instagram videos, little videos, direct messages me on Instagram. I think he sees it as his mission to keep cheerfulness in my life. And I love that. We have a lot of fun around our house. It's good for the soul. We need it. We need a place, a circle we can be in. We need a friendship circle we can be in that is fun to be in. Friends can have fun together. Okay, I need to close in four minutes. So what can you do to be a great friend to somebody else? Or if you're choosing a friend, how can you choose? Listen to these words. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not, be asso- do not associate with one easily anger, thank you, um, for, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Proverbs 13.20 says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. What are these verses talking about? It's saying that who you hang with is what you become like. If you hang with the wise, you'll become wise. If you hang with foolish people, you'll become foolish. That is to say, show me your friends and I can easily predict your future. You really are the average of your closest friends. Therefore, choose well. We need to choose our friends well. We need to be the sort of friend that others would want to choose because we seem to elevate their lives. We need to be that sort of person that is making a statement, if you choose me and I'm alongside you, two will be better than one. If you choose me and I'm alongside you, I will receive your shaping of me and I will shape you. Iron will sharpen iron. I'll be that sort of friend uh, that in, in all circumstances, I'll be there in the bad and the good and I will try and champion your future. I will try and make you laugh. It will be my mission to put a smile on your face and cheer your soul and, and, and make life hearty. Love that word. There were five friends Jesus talks about in one of the Gospels. One of them falls off a ladder and he breaks his back. Just filling in the detail. And and the other four get around him. And they place him on a stretcher. They lift him up. And the hospital's too far away. But they hear about Jesus just a, a few hundred meters down the road in a house. And so they go, well, we'll take him to Jesus rather than the hospital. Because we heard that Jesus is also a doctor and fixes people up. So they went off down to where he was, only to find the house was packed out with people listening to his teaching. So get this, this is what a good friend does. They carry him up onto the roof, and they they make a hole in the roof. Only a crazy friend's going to do that for you. They feel like you is more important than this thing, which is true. So they lower him down in front of Jesus. Jesus sees the guy and 
and forgives his sin and heals his body, that man's life was changed that day. Just a few thoughts from that story will help us choose the right friends or be the right friend. The first thing is this. A good friend will lift someone up when they're hurting. We need to have margins in our life that we w- in such a way that we can be present in the hurt of the people around us. You will then be the sort of friend someone will choose. If you're doing your life like the guy in the canoe, making it like a workout to the other side and back again, people are going to look at you going, he ain't got no time. <laughs> he ain't got no space. I'll move on to the next one. They see the party boat, the donut going, whoo, those guys know where it's at. I'll choose one of them. Have you got margins in your life? Because all around us are people whose soul is crying out for a friendship, including our own. What do they then do? They put him on a, a, a stretcher. They put him on something that will help compensate for his weaknesses. A good friend will compensate for your weaknesses. It's what I love about the team that God's placed around Lisbon and I because we've traveled a journey and been through all sorts together for so many years that uh, whilst it's a working team, it's also a team of friends. And in that context, we have learned to cover for each other's weaknesses. Now, I know I've also said there are times where you need to shape each other. That is, we need to speak into each other's weaknesses. But there are also many times where all you do is simply cover for and compensate for each other's weaknesses. And so they lift him and they carry him to Jesus. A good friend will always take you to Jesus. Don't be the sort of friend who helps someone compromise their walk with Jesus. Help fuel their walk. And interesting that there were four of these friends around the guy carrying them. A good friend will allow other friends into someone's life. Now, I know the temptation when you've got a best friend. This is my BFF. Hands off. No one else touch him. He's mine. He's my friend. He's my close friend. He's my best friend. But that ain't going to do them or you any good to be that insular. A good friend is willing to say, you need other friends too. You need people who can give you what I can't do. And, it, and, and quite honestly, you're not going to have a huge number of best friends, but you do need a small circle. So let me throw out the challenge again. Are you paddling your own canoe? Or have you got friends on your party boat, on your ship? I'm close. Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past. And I give you 
my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.